We continue worshiping God now by hearing His Word again and anew in the Gospel reading for this morning from Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 27. I invite you to stand for the reading of the Gospel. And Jesus went out with His disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, He asked His disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say, Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days... Rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man be also ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. You know, believing in yourself can be a really good thing, especially, let's say, if you're going for gold. But if your belief for eternity is in yourself, it will not have the ending that you hope for. You see, St. Augustine put it this way, if we just accept the things in the Gospel that we like and reject the things that we don't like, then we no longer are believing in the Gospel. We're just believing in ourselves. And the Gospel of Jesus Christ deals with our sin. The Gospel of Jesus Christ saves us. The Gospel of Jesus lasts for eternity. But you and I, we cannot and never will, aside from Christ, save ourselves. Peter had to come to this conclusion as he discovered through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk more about that in just a moment, that In fact, God was speaking through him as he proclaimed the confession of faith. But when it came 
to how it actually was to be lived out. Peter had some different ideas than Jesus. And he decided to, you know, get Jesus back on the right path. And Peter soon discovered his error. You ever learn something new? Have an epiphany maybe even? Or maybe you were a teacher to someone and it seemed like they really got it. You felt like you really had it. Only to take it out for a drive, so to speak, and find out in the real world, no, I still don't have it. Uh, My student, it was good with me, but they are not there yet. You see, this is what happens between Jesus and Peter. Let me paint a, a vivid picture so that we can hold on to this. A picture from my own life. It's a story of a mission trip I was on over a decade ago. You know it was over a decade ago because part of this story takes place on the hip happening site called MySpace. We had just gotten back from a mission trip and felt like God had been at work. We were grateful for the good work that He had done through us. We felt like He had been teaching us. The students with us and the adults with us were encouraged and blessed. I got home with my family. We were relaxing and I happened to go on MySpace. And one of the students on the trip warmed my heart and she proclaimed boldly how great God is and what a great thing God had done in her life that week on this mission trip and that she said, I'll never be the same. I was feeling pretty good. I mean, God had been at work. The work we had done to prepare for this trip, we were praising God in so many ways. But then I don't know how much longer later I got back on MySpace again. Maybe I wish I hadn't. Because now this same girl was posting, saying uh, in much more vivid language than I'm about to share with you. Hey, I'm back in town. Who's got a party tonight? She went just from a few moments before of never being the same to, you guessed it, being the same. But the good news here is this. Not that we don't get it, but that God doesn't give up on us when we don't. This girl is still following Jesus today, at least if you believe Facebook. But the truth is that God is still going after her and going after us. Just like He did with Peter, He didn't ditch Peter after Peter had got it so wrong, after having it right just such a short time before. No, He corrected Peter and got him on the right path. And so today we're going to look at that correction and see what it means for you and for me. 
We're going to look at Peter's confession and who's in control and what happens when Jesus convicted him. And then the calling that would follow and this cross-shaped life in light of this broken world. So first, let's talk about confession. How could have Peter gotten it so right? Well, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. If in your youth you studied the small catechism, you'll recall this word from Martin Luther. He says, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the Gospel, enlightened me with His gifts, and sanctified and kept me in the true faith. It's the Holy Spirit, it's God's Word that enables us to confess our faith. It's the Holy Spirit that enabled Luther that enabled that girl on the mission trip to feel transformed, that enabled Peter to get it right that Jesus is Christos, the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He wasn't wrong there. And the word that went forth through him and through this girl and through Luther wasn't wrong either. We can trust the Holy Spirit to be at work and the Word of God to be sure. What happens for us in this, as we heard in this text, this adulterous age where we so quickly abandon this promise is that when Jesus' identity intersects with actually following Him and we don't like it, Sometimes problems ensue. And so we have to ask, who is in control? Is it, as St. Augustine extorted to us to be cautious of, is it me? Or is it Satan? You see, this tempter who only in a couple chapters before was trying to twist God's word with Jesus, you and I, we do that, and Satan will try to trip us up to think we've got it right when really we're just doing it our own way after all. Because as Paul will write in Ephesians, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces. This is a spiritual battle that we face. And to go to this battle, we need the Word of God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to humbly confess that we need Jesus. We need Jesus to be the one who is in control, not only of our confession, but in our following. And when we stumble, God is gracious. He's gracious to not leave us there. You heard those great testimonies from the major this morning about God coming again and anew even when those beloved 
servants stumbled. Well, that's you. That's me. And that's Peter. Jesus sees how Peter's words are being amened by the disciples around him. Yeah, what Peter said. (laughs) We don't want to go to Jerusalem. We don't need to die. And this whole idea of resurrection, at this point in time, they think he's crazy. I mean, right up until the point when they see him alive with the holes in his hands. They don't believe it until they see it with their own eyes. And so Jesus is loving and kind in his conviction of Peter to not leave him there. And Jesus doesn't leave us where we are either when we come to him humbly. Some of our students, you'll see them wearing this t-shirt. One came into my house. Not today, Satan. So I had to do some research. Where did this come from? I mean, besides obviously these words of Jesus here. Well, it first became popular, if you can believe it, not by a Christian, but by someone who had a beef with Christians. And he started wearing this t-shirt. And in his mind, the Satan was the church. Well, a few Christian celebrities and now some teenagers of Christians said, no, 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 no. These are words of Jesus. These are our words. And so he started complaining when Christians started wearing these words of Jesus. The irony, right? But let's be honest. We... We want to twist Jesus' words to fit our own agenda too sometimes, don't we? And so we have to humbly come before the Lord, confessing our need for Him, our need for the Holy Spirit to help us confess and to help us follow this whole gift of grace that He has offered us goes through a cross. And it's not always easy for us to receive. And this cross becomes our calling. For the Christian faith is not a lifestyle choice. It's a vocation to a never-ending struggle. That struggle that you heard in Romans today, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because we can gain the whole world and lose our soul. We need Jesus. We need Him in the confession of faith and getting that right. And we need Him in the following, in the intersection of who Jesus is and in our discipleship. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us. So that we aren't just focused on ourselves, but on Christ. One pastor quoting the great statesman Winston Churchill, he said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And so we are invited as followers of Jesus to live a life defined by service 
and sacrifice that's shaped by the cross and that cruciformed life, yes, involves struggle. Sometimes it involves suffering. But it most certainly leads to the hope of the resurrection. And so my invitation for us today, however broken you feel, however many missteps you may have made or we all have, however strong your confession of faith is remembering that it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that we do this. And humbly under the Lordship of Jesus. So let the identity of Jesus shape our reality and how we live. Let the King, the Anointed One, lead. Let the great High Priest save. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I will follow and therefore truly live. Come Lord Jesus. Amen.